there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your two hosts, two men who love a bit of truffle pig. It's Brad Roll and JT. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, this is a film we've been looking forward to for quite a while, isn't it, Brad Roll? We saw the trailers, well, a few months back now, and um, it's been on our radar ever since. I mean, it's Nicolas Cage and it's just called Pig, so what can go wrong, really? But maybe quite a lot, we'll find out. Exactly. Nicolas Cage looking like a homeless person searching for his truffle pig. I mean, if that's not a recipe for a great movie, I don't know what is. <laughs> he actually, um, that's what he looks like these days, isn't it? I, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when you sent, sent me that link of him being thrown out of a hotel. He actually just looks like the character in this film. Yeah, yeah, I think the method acting's gone to his head a little bit, but yeah, he maybe <laughs> didn't have to do too much for that one. Um, it's strange, isn't it? This movie, again, like as we, we were quite fond of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Um, on this uh, particular podcast um, just stuff that obviously I'm giving too much away like thinking about when you first watch that trailer do you think the movie we're about to obviously review is it what you were expecting or is it something completely different it's definitely not what I was expecting and I've just been uh, talking to my girlfriend about that and the trailer didn't really give anything away did it but I did not expect what I've just watched yeah yeah I, I agree I I I, I I don't even know what I was expecting, if I'm perfectly honest, but it certainly wasn't what I ended up watching last night. But um, <laughs> we'll get to that. So this movie came out uh, on July 16th, 2021. Uh, it runs for 92 minutes. And it's got, it says here, this is Wikipedia, by the way, it says here it made a box office of 3.3 million, but it doesn't actually say much about the budget it had. I mean, by the way it's shot, I mean, it's shot quite nicely. It's a debut movie from... Um, a new director, let me just grab his name for you, uh, Michael Sanoski. It's his first movie, and it's very much an artsy piece. Um, but I can't imagine he'd have had much of a budget to go with it. No, like I say, it's shot really well, but, yeah, the actual budget itself doesn't look particularly big. Um, the one thing I did notice, looking at it again on Wiki, there's a lot of producers in there, which maybe might allude to what I'm going to talk about a bit later on. There just seems to be a Nicolas Cage being one of them. There's, like, hundreds of people were... In, 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 speak, involved in the production of this film yeah it could be uh no pun intended but too many chefs in the kitchen perhaps <laughs> in um, how, how this movie came together um so yeah i mean let's take a look at the the plot then um just for the record and just for transparency i am using wikipedia to help me with this one because i only watched it last night so i wanted obviously our listeners to at least have some kind of you know something they can understand me talking about so here we go <laughs> so robin or rob feld is a former Portland-based chef turned reclusive truffle forager, <laughs> living in a <laughs> can't even get that's funny it. already, isn't it? So living in a cabin deep in the um, Oregon forest, he hunts for truffles with the help of his prized foraging pig. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Read now. <laughs> he sells the truffles to Amir, a young and inexperienced supplier of luxury ingredients to high-end restaurants. One night. Rob is assaulted by unidentified assailants who also steal his pig. He reaches out to Amir, who helps him locate the group of, I can't even see what that word is on there, drug addicts suspected of another <laughs> um, local truffle hunt of being the culprits. They claim to have given the pig to someone from downtown Portland. So that is how the movie opens up. And it is, um, it's done in chapters, isn't it? I think the first one is called like Rustic Mushroom Tart or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't write them down, but yeah, it's part one, part two, and part three, isn't it? And they've all got like food-related uh, titles. I was hoping you'd written them down because they kept flashing up. And my girlfriend was shouting out to me. I was like, I can't type it quick enough. 
Um, yeah, the intro is even very arty, isn't it? With Nick in the forest with his pig and he's looking for the truffles and he's frying up some mushrooms. It is very arty the way it's filmed. Um, probably one of the, the best parts of this film, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite strange, isn't it? Um, and he doesn't... Um, no, I remember your dad, he watched this prior to us watching it. I remember mm. he said Nicolas Cage doesn't speak much in this movie, but he does. He, sp- he speaks a hell of a lot. But yeah, in yeah. the start, he doesn't say anything, does he? He just kind of grunts. And even when like a mirror turns up and his fucking Camaro is, you know, flashed twat that he is, comes down and like Nick Cage ignores him. And during that scene, I was like, oh yeah, I remember JT's dad. He said that um, and Nick Cage doesn't speak in this. And then he literally never shuts up for the rest of the movie. Well, I thought exactly the same thing. Um, yeah, he, he, he speaks loads. So he's got loads of dialogue. And some of the scenes are just him and another character, whoever it is at the time talking and Nick Nick says a lot in this film although he mumbles his way through it a little bit in typical Nick Cage fashion he does have a lot to say yeah I kind of like the whole like he does these sort of characters well I think like this kind of like reclusive character he kind of looks the part doesn't he I mean I don't know if he put on Mm. some weight for it because he's got a bit of a beer gut going on obviously his whole character is someone who's given up on society isn't it he like doesn't look after himself at all he literally looks worse than homeless no offence to homeless people out there but he just looks an absolute state Yes, he does. Yeah, he does play it really well. And um, it sort of starts off, and my old man said this, um, It kind of you think it might be a kind of John Wick-style film. He gets battered, the pig gets kidnapped, pignapped, whatever you want to call it. And you think, you know, <laughs> he's going to go out on a one-man mission to get this pig back. But that never really materialises, does it? It doesn't, no. And I was trying to put together, like, because he goes to these people, like once he obviously gets assaulted at night and they steal his pig, um, he obviously reaches out to a mirror. He goes into like some like restaurant, doesn't he? And he's like, oh, can I speak to whoever? And they're like, she died 10 years ago. Which brings me to another thing in a minute. Like he's been living in the woods for about 15, 10 to 15 years, they say in this movie, which will bring me to a point in a, in a little while. Um, but like he goes with like a mirror to meet this other kind of truffle farmer. And she sort of kicks off like, doesn't she? Like as soon as he's like, oh yeah, these two kind of like people in a green pickup truck and stuff. And he's like, motherfuckers. And goes really mental and goes and talks to these two like sort of crack addicts and stuff. And I was I was really confused because like, what kind of world are they living in here? You know, as soon as he mentioned a truffle pig, she kicks off like they've just stolen yeah. the fucking jewels or something. Yeah, no, I was confused by that. I didn't really know who he was talking to. I could see they're all farming truffles. So I assumed they were truffle farmers, funnily enough. Then he goes and speaks to these two. She reminded me of um, the character out of True Romance, the girl he speaks to. Um, Patricia Arquette, I think, played her. Um, yeah, and I was like, who are these guys? And they're, they're saying they don't know where this pig is and stuff. And it's already starting to get really messy. We're only about 10 minutes into the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you felt the same way. So Rob and Amir drive to Portland and infiltrate an underground fighting ring run by a guy called Edgar, an old acquaintance of Rob's who provides another clue to the whereabouts of his pig. The following morning, Amir voices his admiration for Rob as a chef. Amir reveals that his parents had an unhappy marriage and says the happiest time was after a dinner at Rob's restaurant before his mother eventually committed suicide. Following Edgar's lead, Rob asks Amir to secure reservations for themselves at Eurydice, I think it's called, a trendy cuisine restaurant. In the meantime, Rob visits the house where he used to live with his wife, Laurie, whose death uh, compelled Rob to withdraw from society and go and live in the woods. Now, this fucking, this bit here, like this fight club, whatever it's supposed to be, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Because I was expecting him to, like, again, like you said, like go on a bit of a rampage. I thought he was going to, like, deck some guy, but he just gets his fucking ass kicked, doesn't he? He 
He doesn't even put up a fight. He just stands there and lets this guy knock the shit out of him. And when we first meet Edgar, um, old um, Nick Cage says to Amir, give me $10. And he just walks up to him and just hands him some food and starts talking to him. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, this is really, yeah, this whole bit. Because the best I could figure out, like, just thinking back of it, is, like, this sort of fight club, if you want to call it that, is, like... Because people, like, when he writes his name on the wall, they, everyone kind of seems to know who he is. So you're like, okay, mm. again, looking to that John Wick thing, it's like, oh, this guy's got a reputation. Maybe he is, like, there's something about this character that everyone knows. So they all, like, lay money down on the floor, which I assume is laying down bets so they can fight him. And this little fucking hobbit of a bloke comes along, doesn't he? I mean, I'm not a tall guy, but this little fucking twat looks like a fucking jockey comes along and his dopey little suspenders and his shirt. Like, Nick Cage looks like a giant next to him, but this guy yeah. does that. He just fucking beats the shit out of him. Well, I don't, I don't know what Nick Cage is trying to do because he doesn't even try and throw a punch. He just stands there and lets this guy batter the shit out of him. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking odd. Um, and then, obviously, like we say, we get the the bit we find out a little bit about, like, a mirror and everything. And then, obviously, he knows because he's a supplier for these restaurants and bits and pieces. Um, that obviously he's like a fan of Rob. So when he finds out that this guy is who he is, you know, Rob Feld, he suddenly gets a big fucking hard on, doesn't he? He's like, oh my God, it's you. I didn't know it was you all this time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, everyone just gets really excited. The minute his name's mentioned, he's like the legend, isn't he? Yeah. And then there's that scene in the restaurant, which I thought was really strange because one, I, I don't really go in for the fine dining thing. I love cooking, as you know, and I like food in general. Um, but I can't imagine they would have let Nick Cage in there in a million years because he must have, like, I know he's like got a homeless looking at him. He's got blood all over his face at this stage and all in his beard. And he must have stank like something rotten if he's like never had a shower or anything. He's just been out in the woods. I doubt they would have let him in that restaurant. Yeah, I, I said exactly the same thing. It's like no one seems to even bat an eyelid. The fact this guy looks like he's been dragged for a hedge backwards. He's covered in blood. He obviously stinks. They were just talking to him like he's a normal guy sat there. It's really strange. So at Eurydice, the restaurant, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but never mind. Rob has to meet with the head chef called Derek, a former pasta chef at Rob's restaurant. Rob pointedly yet empathetically criticizes Derek for opening a contemporary restaurant rather than the pub he always wanted to run. Overwhelmed by the memory of his dream and the re uh, reality of his current circumstances, Derek confesses that Amir's wealthy father, Darius, was behind the theft of his pig, having learned of it, its existence from Amir. Rob is now angry and ends the partnership with Amir before going to confront Darius at his home. Darius promises him 25 grand in exchange for the pig and threatens Rob with the pig's death should he continue his pursuit. And this is like the only part of the movie, other than like the little intro bit, that kind of started to formulate a plot. It's like, right, now we know where the pig is. Turns out Amir mentioned it to his dad. His dad's apparently some fucking like, godfather of the culinary world and he's like stolen his bloody pig and the guy who plays um uh darius i think it is yeah he's um he's not a bad actor he's in sons of anarchy and plays a character called oh fuck, he's in the second one ethan sobel he's like a white power character in that mm. not that i agree with all that sort of stuff but he plays the part really well and he's very good at playing that kind of calm collected but kind of in charge sort of character and i think he does all right in this movie yeah, no, I thought he was good. He commands a screen when he's on it. Um, there's, there's a good Nick Cage moment in this. Obviously, he kicks off at Amir and he, he starts um, physically just beating up his Camaro, doesn't he? He starts kicking it. And then he just steals a bike off this kid and just goes, <clears throat> shouts at him and just rides off on it. <laughs> Didn't make me laugh. 
some of this as well is like especially after seeing that video if you haven't seen it guys um listeners even go on youtube and just type in nicholas cage mistaken for a homeless person because he got drunk at a hotel and they thought he was homeless when he tried to get back in after going out for a cigarette and it's pretty much as jt mentioned at the start it's pretty much what he does in this movie except he's just not as hairy these days <laughs> there's a bit in that video um just going on a side note here where he's sat there and his, his slippers have come off and he's trying to put them on he's missing them and he's, he's going to the left of it to the right of it he's so off his tits it's hilarious <laughs> fucking hell the lifestyles of the hollywood eh yeah <laughs> so <laughs> amir visits his comatose mother in a care facility revealing she is still alive he goes to Darius's home to, to offer him a ride where Rob admits that he doesn't need the pig to hunt truffles since he uses the trees, but wants her back because he loves her. He asks Amir to gather a list of items in order to retrieve the pig through different tactics. So Rob retrieves a baguette from his former baker while Amir sources special ingredients, including a bottle of wine from Rob and Laurie's personal collection held at the mausoleum containing Laurie's ashes. After sneaking back into Darius's house, Rob and Amir cook and serve dinner to Darius, the same dish and wine pairing that Rob prepared for Darius and his wife years earlier at the restaurant. An emotional Darius leaves the table. When Rob follows him, Darius confesses that the junkies he's hired for the theft had mishandled her, resulting in her death. Rob is devastated. So, I fucking, I was scratching my head at this point. So he goes away, makes friends with Amir, Sends him off, goes to chat to some woman. It was a really long scene about a fucking baguette. I mean, I like bread, but come on. It's a um, baguette. <laughs> it, is, it is, yeah. And it's like this whole scene about a special recipe. And then there's this like really kind of like, it's almost like a cross between an M&S advert and a porno where him and Amira are fucking oh, cooking this. weird, isn't it? Slow yeah. motion and like emotional music playing and they're chopping away. It's fucking, yeah, it's very strange. You know, when he goes to the, the bakery to get the baguette, is that the site where his old restaurant was? Because he's talking about how she's changed things and stuff, or is he just talking about the bakery itself? I was a bit confused by that. Yeah, um, I think either or, really. Um, it could have been <laughs> yeah. either way, because I think in on Wiki here it says, obviously, it was his ex-baker, so maybe it was mm. his restaurant, and she she took it over she and stuff. Over, but... Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm really, like, lost with the whole fucking thing of this, because it's like, they're acting like they're doing some kind of like really kind of like underground sort of like I don't know it's, it almost gives the impression like the sort of thing you watch you know when you're watching like a show or a movie where there's like you know um you know sex traffickers or like hardcore drug dealers or like even like let's say like the godfather or something like all these people are like really underground and shady and it's like it's fucking restaurateurs for god's sake I doubt Gordon <laughs> Ramsay has like a fucking you know list of hitman that go and like fucking steal from Jamie Oliver if he's got a pig or something that he wants <laughs> that's brilliant yeah it's very strange isn't it like you say it's making these restaurateurs out to be some kind of dark underworld like drug lords and gangsters and yeah you just can't see it i don't know it's just it just doesn't really work does it let's be honest yeah i got i know this movie i think from what i read on wiki because i fucking i'd lost the plot no pun intended um it's obviously supposed to be an emotional one about how people cope with loss, but I couldn't help but laugh because he, he serves up this really nice dinner. I don't know what he's cooked. It's like guinea fowl or maybe partridge or something like that. He puts it down with um, Amir and his dad and they sort of pours the wine and they start eating. 
and like Darius gets really emotional, doesn't he? And he starts like sobbing as he's eating it. And yeah. I just started fucking laughing the way he was doing that. Because every time he took a mouthful, he's like, <laughs> and then just carried on. And then he just fucking runs off and pours himself a whiskey. I was about to say exactly that. Yeah, he, he just runs off straight on the whiskey, isn't he? He's getting getting to the hard liquor straight away. He doesn't mess about. Yes, yeah, it's a very strange scene. Like you say, you get the porno cooking, and then <laughs> Nick Case just helps himself. He just pours the wine, sits down, and tucks in, and then the other two join him. And then old Darius has a meltdown. Yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, and then like obviously Nick Cage goes in to speak to Darius, um, and he's like, oh, "Get out, get out!" And then I, I don't. I must have blinked. I'd missed something because suddenly like Darius is he's kind of like um apologizing to Nick Cage, isn't he? And he's like, Oh, they manhandled her, she's dead, I'm really, really sorry. And Nick obviously like collapses on the floor and he's like devastated because this is like his companion, so to speak. Um and it just that's just like really big, heavy emotional scene, but I really struggle to take it seriously. But the movie isn't tongue in cheek, it's done in a really serious manner. So I didn't know what I was supposed to be getting from this. Yeah, no, exactly that. And when um when Nick has his little breakdown, it kind of all goes. There's a bit of music playing, but there's like a real sort of hum playing, isn't there? There's no dialogue or no actually can't hear any human voices. It goes really dark and strange as he sort of drops to his knees and he's obviously devastated. His pig's dead. And one thing we don't really see a lot of the pig. It's in it at the start, and then we never see it again. Obviously, it's dead, but should have that should have had more pig, I think, as the film is called Bloody Pig. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a director's cut coming out and there'll be like an extended, like Peter Jackson did like a four-hour Lord of the Rings. There'll be like three hours of Nick and his pig in the woods. I mean, I'd just pretty much watch that. I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you didn't really get the emotional bond of him. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit at the start where you see them hunting for truffles and that, but it doesn't really go that much in depth about how this pig means to him, how much it means, does it? No, and then the movie just kind of ends so... A remorseful Amir drives Rob back to a diner near the forest home, which is the one he went into, I think, at the start um, to ask for that woman and then if he could use the phone. So despite Amir's uh, carelessness, Rob decides to resume his partnership with him. Returning to his forest, Rob washes his bloody face in the lake before returning to his cabin to play a tape that Laurie recorded herself singing Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire for him for his birthday. And then it just ends with him kind of like taking his boots off, sitting on his little cot, his bed thing, and there's like a um, like a basket, like a dog's basket, which I assume where the pig used to sleep, which was next to his bed as well. And the movie just fades to black, and that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a really flat ending, and we've we've bashed through that pretty quick. But there isn't really a whole amount to say about this film, is there? There isn't. No, I mean, when it ended, like and obviously, like say, fade to black. I just looked at Rachel, and we both just kind of shrugged and was like. What the fuck we just spent the last hour and a half doing really just you know trying to decipher what this movie's about i don't know if there's like a really powerful message and i just didn't get it but yeah it's a weird one uh, we said exactly the same thing exactly the same we just didn't get it and my dad hated it and i thought because he hated it i might like it because quite often when he hates something it's, it's actually quite good or in my opinion <laughs> um but yeah i have to say without giving the score away i'm with him on this one yeah, so you're right, actually, we have bashed with that one. So apologies for all our people who tune in and usually expect an hour and a half of us being <laughs> rambling on and just coming out with random stuff. But there isn't much to describe in this particular movie. So I think we better just uh, go ahead and give it some scores. Would you like to do the honours, JT, and go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I've only just watched it this afternoon. You only watched it yesterday, didn't you? So you weren't too much ahead of me. Um, 
So yeah, as I said at the start, I was really looking forward to this. The trailer made it look in- interesting. Didn't give anything away really, apart from Nicholas Cage talking about a pig and looking like a hobo. So I thought this is going to be good. Um, well, I don't really know how to sum up what I just watched. There didn't just seem to be any point to it. I just don't know what was going on. And as I said at the start, that might have been something to do with the fact there's about a million producers that all kind of got in the way of each other. I don't know. Um, nothing really happens. You don't really see the pig a lot. And my girlfriend turned around and said to me, it'd have been really good if you had like half an hour at the start of Nick bonding with the pig and a bit more and all that. And I said, it would have been, but then the rest of the film would have followed it, which would have made it two hours long. So it would have been even fucking worse. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Nick Cage is good. He's always good, isn't he, in his own Nick Cage way, um, for good or for bad. And he mumbles his way through a lot of it. The, the sporting cast are all good for what they had to work with. Um, but I was bored. I was just waiting for things to happen and nothing ever really did. So getting one other from me. It's so disappointed with it. My dad hated it. My girlfriend hated it. And I pretty much hated it as well. Um, it's not a good film, I'm afraid. And I'm really sorry to say that. What about yourself, Breadroll? Well, very, very good what you just said there. Um, yeah, much, much the same on this one. It was, I'll tell you what, as, as boring as it was, and it really confused me because nothing happened, the potential that there was a hook, it kept me watching it. But like, obviously, even though I was bored, I was like, I don't get what's happening here. I kept waiting for, you know, there was enough there to drag me along and, you know, make me think, oh, something's going to happen in a minute. Or something's going to happen in a minute. It's going to be like a massive twist and it's going to, you know, take me by surprise or it's going to, something's going to happen, which obviously never actually materialised. So as far as actually keeping me engaged while being insanely boring, fair play, it managed to do that. Nick Cage actually did a good performance. Like I think he played his character well. There just wasn't much... You know, I don't know what his character was all about or what anyone else was about, really. And all these characters seem to have a lot of a lot of depth that just didn't go anywhere. Like, they seem to focus a lot on these characters and their drives and all these ambitions and stuff, And you know, but we didn't ever see anything or get given anything to really get any payoff from that. So it just seems like a waste of potential. A mm. um, bit disappointed because obviously we like Nick Cage. Obviously, like you said, for better, for worse. He's usually amusing in one way or the other. And this movie, this the trailer alone, just had me really excited. And everyone I've shown that trailer to has been like, fucking hell, I need to watch this film. It looks like it could be amazing. But I don't have a bloody clue. I'm just waffling now. So I'm just going to give it one other because I turned it off and it's like, would I watch that again? if I was really, really drunk and I had to, yeah, but I don't know. It's just a weird one. I, I don't know how else to describe it. So it's getting one other from me really, which is a shame. I'd have liked to have given it at least a three down the middle, but it really doesn't deserve it. No, good stuff, Brad. Well, yeah. And you're right there, the potential really. And maybe, I mean, it is only an hour and a half long, which ticks boxes for me, but maybe if this was a bit longer and it explored some of the characters a bit more, instead of just, throwing them in and you know you don't really get any of their sort of what's going on with them i don't know it just it just doesn't work i'm afraid yeah yeah it's, it's a strange one isn't it because like i don't know like sometimes long movies work if there's a substance to it but it's just weird isn't it but um yeah that is uh that is pig so if you've seen it then by all means let us know what you think because it's one of those movies i imagine there's some people out there that probably like the really artsy crowd are going to absolutely love it. There's probably something here, as I mentioned, that just went over my head that maybe is like a really powerful message and I just didn't get it. Um, but if you want to give us a shout out and uh, 
let us know what you think about the the movie itself then please do so by finding us on twitter at the hyperbaric goats and we'll endeavor to respond to you and let us know what you think of nick cage in general because we'd love to know and also watch that video of him getting kicked out of the hotel it's hilarious <laughs> it's better than this film yeah it is actually um just one thing i will say that you're talking about the artsy crowd now i mean this scores really well doesn't it on rotten tomatoes i think it's at 97 percent. it's got about an 82 percent metacritic score so we probably are missing something but i mean i know obviously now four people that i've seen it in my circle and we've all hated it so i don't know but obviously we're not into our artsy type films yeah yeah must be and i, I was stone cold sober when I was watching so was this I, as well, so yeah. I can't even keep it on. You know, maybe I'm I'm drunk and I wasn't focusing too much. I was, I made the effort to stay sober, eat my dinner while I was watching it, and focus because I was expecting something from this film, and I just didn't get it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I watched it a couple of hours ago on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yep, totally sober, and yeah, still didn't get it. <laughs> well, well, there we go. That is our quick fire review of Pig. Um, our listeners are probably glad it's going to be a short episode, so they have to listen to us as much, but. As always, when you tune in, we love it. Obviously, the fact that you should join us every week for our reviews. If there's any new listeners out there, thank you very much for joining us. And don't forget to give us a follow to stay up to date with all our shenanigans. We don't actually know what we're reviewing for next week, but I have two suggestions that I'm going to put to JT off air, and then we'll announce them on Twitter once we decide which one we're doing. Ooh, sounds interesting, Bread Roll. Cool. So, um, from Bread Roll this week, there really isn't much to say. So, Keep truffling, keep snuffling, and I'll catch you next week. And from JT, I just got one last thing to say. Where's my truffle pig?